This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to All the Social Ladies. I am Carrie Kerpin. I'm the CEO of Likeable Media and your host. And today I am bringing you a real treat, Beck Brideson, who is an expert on the female economy. And she just came out with her first book called Blind Spots, How to Uncover and Attract the Fastest Emerging Economy. And I want to tell you something. I saw Beck speak and I was blown away. I insisted she come on the show because I think she's just unbelievable. Welcome to the show, Beck. Hey, Carrie. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on because I, I saw your speech and really it gave me so much to think about, about how companies have really been missing the mark in marketing to women. And you were so thought provoking and so interesting. But before we get into that, that stuff that blew me away, I want to know more about you. I want you to tell me the story of how you got to where you are today, starting from the beginning of your career to where you are at this moment with the launch of your book? That is a 25-year story, so I'm going to give you the, the highlight. Love it. And the genesis. The genesis is when I was a kid, I loved the show Bewitched. And as much as I would love to have been a gorgeous white witch who could wiggle her nose and have anything, what I loved about the show was Darren's job. I wanted to be in advertising since the first time I saw him coming up with ideas and selling products and brands and people's business. So I spent um, my three years at university working as an intern in advertising agencies. And as soon as I finished my degree, I went and camped in an agency unpaid for six months until a job came up where you needed six months experience. So I applied for that job, got it, and it wasn't quite where I wanted to be. So I would work day and night improving my folio and uh, then I landed the job that I I did want. And I moved from Melbourne, Australia to Sydney, Australia and started working on um, great brands in, in a big agency network and spent the next 10 years of my career working, you know, pretty much seven days a week I was absolutely, um, you know, determined and married to my job. Mm. And I then moved to um, New Zealand and I moved back to Melbourne. And after 10 years of working in a business, I finally became a creative director who is female. And and in advertising, there's only 3% of females who become creative directors. So I had put it out there early that that was where I was headed and I got there within 10 years of my career. Wow. And after a couple of years working in that position, I went and started my own agency and decided to um, call it Venus and 
make it specifically about marketing to women because what I found as being one of the very few females in advertising at that level was that there was a really big um, blind spot around the opportunity to connect better with women. So for the last 14 years, I've been um, developing IP and methodology and finding ways to strategically make better connections with the female consumer. And over those last 10 years, what I've found is much, much more data around just how powerful the female consumer is. So now I'm working less in my agency and I'm working more with clients and and working at that top level to help them discover what I call a female lens. I call it a traditional lens is, you know, the way we've always done business and using a female lens helps a brand or a business to better understand how they can connect with this lucrative female market. So um, that's where I'm at at the moment. And you know, occasionally I, I do work with my agency, but mostly um, I found that to really create transformational change, I need to be with the clients early in the process of innovating or marketing or even you know what I've found most recently is getting the culture right internally in order for the business to be able to understand how to put out the right messages and create the right culture externally for their business. So Beck, what do you think holds companies back? Why can't they see through a female lens? What What is keeping us from having the ability to look at things and be able to market appropriately to this target, which is over half the world's population? Yeah, and it, that's true. It's over half the world's population. But what we find is in many categories, women are actually the dominant decision maker or the person who's actually spending that money. And, um, you know, it's in automotive, it's in over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, it's in DIY, it's in um, healthcare, uh, utilities, so, you know, your phone, water, um, electricity, gas. Women are what we call the CEOs of the home or yep. even the CFOs. And they they are driving the decision-making. You know, they're in charge of all of that kind of admin and discretionary spend in a home so they're actually more than 50% and where companies are getting it wrong is they're using this traditional business lens and and that's just because you know through the period of history that we've been through men were the ones who went out and and um, created business women were in the home men were in the workforce so it's natural that we have you know seen business through the way they constructed it and through their eyes because at the time when business was being built it was being built through that male lens and so that has become our um, standard you know that's become the the way in which we have all learned because then we've consequently gone to university and we've learned about how you build a business and how you do business through the people who founded that. And that's why we hear a lot of terminology like our forefathers mm. um, because they were men. So, you know, what I think what we'll find with um, female entrepreneurs now is a different sensitivity to business 
but often the women who have built businesses have been taught to see through that traditional lens. So it really is a concerted um, effort and appreciation to see, yeah, I've just taken on what I was taught and I've been looking through traditional perspective. And if I was to remove, you know, if you imagine removing that um, set of glasses and putting on female glasses and saying, how do women perceive what we are providing and how could we better meet the needs of women if we truly create the dialogue with them, understand what needs, what unmet needs they have and deliver to them. What you're saying is that even women in business often see things through a traditional lens because that's how we've been taught and we essentially have to unlearn this uh, and be able to see things through a female lens in order to appeal to this mass portion of the world. It's really, really interesting. I love that, that even in looking at women in business, that we still are seeing things through a traditional lens sometimes. You got it. And, you know, there's mixing with that, um, this phenomena that often happens because there are so few women in C-suite positions. Often the women who have got to those levels, you know, there's that scarcity mentality because there are so few women, there are so few, you know, therefore there are so few jobs for women. So, you know, that expression of pulling the ladder up so that no other women can compete with them. You know, I think that sort of behaviour perpetuates this myth that women are their own worst enemies. And I don't believe that's the case. I just think that in terms of equality within the workforce and positions that are available to women, we're out of skew as well. So, Beck, talk to me a little bit about the female lens. How does somebody looking at things with a female lens see it a little bit differently than a traditional lens? A great place to start is to do research with the um, people within the business uh, and the company culture and understand are women and the way women see things, is that valued within our business to you know, actually do an, a full audit of how many women are in those positions to give a... Um, to be able to help you give a score to the culture of a business. So each business will have a sort of overt gender and it might be a very masculine approach to business or it could be a more feminine approach. So it's great to understand what is our company culture. And then you need to do the same sort of research and audit with your consumer. And I think a lot of, you know, there's lots and lots of research being done out there with consumers, but it is a traditional approach. Again, it it doesn't ask those searching questions. And in fact, sometimes it doesn't even see it from a gender perspective. So really pulling apart the male perspective and the female perspective from consumers is important. And a, a great example of someone who decided to, you know, scorch the earth and say, we're going to t- start researching from scratch is... Dove, who, you know, a Dove, a a company that had been in the beauty industry for decades, said, we're going to pretend like we've never done research before and ask questions that hadn't been asked and assembled a team of people from universities or the the London School of Economics and, and said, what, you know, if we're starting from scratch, what are the questions that we need to know? And from their studies, they found that even though 
that been in the beauty industry um, for for all this time that only two percent of women saw themselves as beautiful, and that was the moment for them to say, well, clearly we're not talking to if if we keep showing images of um, you know these gorgeous unattainable yep. standards of beauty, we're not talking to all of our customers because. Those women don't feel beautiful. So they started to redress the way they were seeing things. And that is really a pin-up and, and landmark case study for why we need to understand how you can really understand and, and dig deep into the attitudes and the needs and the perspectives of women that haven't been heard or asked, you know, they haven't had the questions asked, they haven't been searching for the little uh, grains of truth that women want to share about their relationship with your business or the brand. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out and you're marketing a product or if, or if you're early stages of marketing a product, every day there are new disruptive products coming into the market, whether they're meal delivery subscription services or um, anything that's that's really big nowadays. You're coming out, you're starting a business. How do you approach it uh, with this type of lens? Is it is it talking to the female target and starting research from scratch or are there other ways to ensure that we should approach it in this way? I think that a lot of these um, new businesses that are starting are actually born out of an insight and a need that the market's not currently servicing. So things like the delivery, um, the fact that uh, Amazon has had such success is it shows this time poverty that modern women face. Um, and this accessibility and this true servicing model where it's all about the consumer's needs first. So if um, if a business or an entrepreneur, entrepreneur is looking to start up a new business, it's identifying what are the unmet needs in our market and how can we make sure we deliver to that relationship so that we're truly giving um, our customers the service, the quality, the price, the mm. you know the benefits that they are not getting out of traditional business that has you know existed, even heritage brands who haven't evolved. And so I've seen you know you as an entrepreneur build this agency, and the agency is wonderful. And now you're shifting and becoming an author and working directly with the brands. Tell me about that transition. Was it? Was it a challenging transition for you to make? Is the, doing this this kind of evolution into this new sort of thing, or is it something that sort of happened organically, or did you just decide that this was the time to write a book? What what went into that? I decided that I wasn't having enough impact, and that trying to dress up and and you know sort of spray paint the outside of of my clients' brands pink and say you know. Uh, they were marketing to women. It just felt like I was at the wrong end of the process, and actually embedding myself further um, to the beginning of the process is where I could make most impact. So it it was definitely a pivot to say, um, you know, I know I can can now that I've had a decade building this um, business case, I know that I can have more impact in working at the um, beginning of the process rather than waiting to the end and the book was um, 
really my way of, of putting down into bite-sized pieces the reason why we need to do this, um, the economic argument for it, and the how you do it. And it's um, it, it's been a it's been a really easy process actually because I guess that's what I do is you know create product and and sell them. So yeah. it's been it's been a wonderful. Um, also after you know twenty twenty years um, creating and marketing brands uh it was a great challenge and i needed i was ready for my next thing in terms of marketing to women has social media helped or hurt uh that concept are are brands getting it right on social media when they're talking to i know with social media we're able to speak to a much more targeted audience and serve up ads only to women and do you know all kinds of targeting Um, but are we getting it right on social media and if yes how and if no why not it has been the single most powerful change in the lives of female consumers because what it did was give them power to have mm. a voice. You know, once it was the big concrete building and you couldn't penetrate the walls and whether you liked it or you didn't like it, they didn't really care because they could ignore you. Yep. And social media has amplified their voices, their concerns, you know, it, the the um, tenant is that if a woman loves your product, she will tell everyone, but likewise, if you're doing something wrong. And so you can't hide anymore. And it's made business be completely accountable for their behavior, behaviors and actions. And it's also given them a great opportunity to do real-time research, you know, what is the feedback coming through? And, you know, I remember... Uh, creating early um, Facebook strategies and coming up with pillars uh, that brands could own and messages that were right and um, and not right for the brand and seeing how the smart companies embraced social media and mm-hmm. said, we're not going to hide, we're going to be open and transparent and we're going to make sure that we have a two-way dialogue and they are the businesses that are thriving. And the people that said, nah, it's something for kids, I'm not interested, I don't want to hear it, you know, you can see the demise. Absolutely. So tell me what's next for you. Where what's You're taking the book, you're running with it, what's next? Oh, look, there's another book. There's uh, there's another couple of books. There is um, <laughs> brilliant. I I cannot wait to you know to work really closely to help transform major business um, and show them just how lucrative this female lens is and how it's not just for women; it's for men and women. You know, I have spent the first two decades of my career seeing through a male lens. Um, and I know how to do that. So I know that if I can see through the you know, and understand and meet the needs of males, the males can likewise learn how to see through that female lens and meet the needs of their female custodians. And I really look forward to helping the world become more gender intelligent. And rather than try to um, create a a big whitewash message that has no gender specificity, I want to show them that when you talk to women in the language that and, and meet the needs that they have, and when you do that with males, the results are so much, um, so much greater and profitable for the bottom line. 
Beck, if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best way to do so? My website, beckbrideson.com. Beck Brideson, thank you so much for being on the show today. Everyone, seriously, run, do not walk to buy Blind Spots, How to Uncover and Attract the Fastest Emerging Economy. So exciting. And I'm so excited for you, Beck, and wishing you continued success. Likewise, Carrie. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.